Can you all stand to receive the word? Today's text is Genesis 37, 1 through 11. Our Janet will uh, read the passage for us. Genesis 37, 1 through 11 says, Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed, the land of Canaan. This is the account of Jacob. Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers, the sons of Billa and sons of Zilpah, his father's wives, and he brought their father a bad report about them. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born uh, to him in his old age and he, had, he made a richly ornamented robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak of a kind word to him. Joseph had a dream and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were Binded, binding um, sheaves of grain out, of, out in the field, when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright, while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brother said to him, Do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had said. Then he had another dream. And he told it to his brothers, listen, he said, I had another dream. And this time the sun and moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me. When he told his father, as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, what is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in, his, in mind. Yeah, you may be seated. Thank you, Janet. Uh, <clears throat> uh, starting from today, uh, we'll have a new sermon series called uh, Lord to Success. Uh, I want to focus on the life of Joseph. As you know, the book of Genesis is a very important book in Old Testament, and the story about Joseph covers almost one quarter uh, of whole book of Genesis. As, as you know, he lived very successful life. And if, you, if we study the spiritual principle from Joseph's life, you and I also can live a successful life. But we have to understand what's, how we define success. Maybe some, uh, to some, some of us, success means if you possess a lot of things or accomplish a lot of things, you can consider yourself a successful person, which is correct, which is right. But, that, 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 that's, but, but that's not what the Bible says about success. This is how the Bible defines success. Success is finding and following God's will for your life. As simple as that. That's what the Bible defines success. Success is finding and following God's will for your life. Therefore, success is not a destination to be rich, but it is more of process of to be learned. So process is so important. Without having the process, there's no final destination. But often we tend to think if we achieve and if we reach some destination, then we, we, we made it. But that's not true. Without process, there's no final destination, no success. Uh, I want to talk about this today image of so many uh, humps bump 
This is speed bump. Imagine this is your road, road to success in your life. I don't, I don't think you want to go this road, right? There's so many bumps. You want to drive, right? You want to drive fast, but so many, the speed bump, they hinder you to, uh, to the road to success, right? And Joseph somehow had the, somehow God had to deal with his attitude. Somehow uh, he, God has to get rid of some attitude in Joseph's life. Without that, he cannot go to the road to success. So those are the speed bumps that God had to deal with. Uh, while I was serving in, uh, in missionary, as, a, as a missionary in the Philippines, uh, I finally uh, had a chance to drive my dream car, uh, Volkswagen Beetle. Anybody know that car? You know, I, I always want to drive that car. And when, you, when I went there, there's so many bidders everywhere. So I got one. I paid $1,000, U.S. dollar. After the week, they dropped into $500. I was so upset. You know, I could buy five, because the peso we dropped down when the IMF hit you know, the Asia, many Asian countries. Anyway, you know, I, was, I, was, I had so fun to drive that car because when you start the uh, engine, it creates a sound. It's so loud. I love that. It's like driving in you know, like, you know, a supercar, like driving in you know, like Ferrari or Mercedes or whatever, like sports car, right? Since it was too old, I mean, I think it was like made in 1970, the manufacturer in Brazil, and one day I was driving down here, the handle broke. Can you imagine? Your car handle is <laughs> What? You know, you're out of control. So I had to hit the brake. Then oh, I, I, I was so happy. I was glad that I didn't get, you know, a big accident. Anyway, I had to fix the car every, almost every other day. And I met one mechanic named Jeff. He and I became good friends because I have to visit him all the time. He doesn't charge much, you know, like only $2. How much you always, oh, just pay me $2. I mean, tiny one, you know, always, you know, car had a problem, but I enjoy driving the car. One day I was on my way to uh, his, his house. I noticed there was a speed bump, which didn't have it. So I asked my friend, Jeff, what happened to speed bump? I've never seen this speed bump. You know, he, he told me. The reason we got that bump is because one of the drunken driver guy, he, he drove too fast on the tiny street and hit the boy and he killed him. And the government asked him to install the speed bump and pay the the boy's family $300. When I heard that, I was so upset. What? $300? And that's it? What kind of country is this? I was like, you know, a little bit upset. I didn't really share that because he is a Filipino, right? But I was so upset. If we had, if they had speed bump, maybe, you know, they could prevent the big accident. Sometimes in our, our journey, the road to success, God has to put the speed bump. Because without that, we'll end a big accident. And some of the speed bump that God is dealing with us to get rid of it. Joseph lived a successful life, yet God had to deal with him. God has to take away, get rid of this, this speed bump, the, the, the attitude that needs to be corrected. I want to share three of them. First one, 
It's working. Brian, maybe you have to do it manually. Is it? Okay, it is a judgmental edit. It is a critical edit, uh, judgmental attitude. When you look at the verse 2, this is the kind of Jacob Joseph, a young man of 17, he was only 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers, son of Bilhah, son of the son of Ziphard, his father's wives, and he brought their father a bad report about them. He brought a bad report. I look up the dictionaries. Hebrew word bad report is slander. He slandered his brothers. Without doubt, his brother had fault. Who wouldn't? Everyone had fault. But rather than talking to them, he goes straight to his father and gave father a bad report about, about his brothers. I guess the important lesson that we need to learn is that uh, you may see fault of others, but you don't really have to declare them. You know what I'm saying? We see that all the time. From us, from others. You don't have to talk about it. You probably heard this expression. If you cannot say anything nice about someone, it's better to say nothing. Better to, uh, to not say anything. I think that's, that's wisdom is there. But some of us are very opposite. <laughs> Right? And some people complain about anything and everything. Some of us are very negative in everything. And some of us are very positive. Always seeing the good things from a person. Which one are you? If you are a negative person, critical person, judgmental person, that's the thing, that's the speed bump God needs to take. Get rid of from your life. I want you to ask the question, am I a positive person or am I a negative person? If you're like Joseph and you're always looking for someone, something to judge or criticize in this world, you will always find something to judge and criticize. But God has a bigger plan to, for Joseph and this was a character quality God wanted to get rid of from his life. Every one of us have a fault and flaws. But the Bible said, when you love, when you love someone, you will be willing to overlook their fault. So love is the answer. Rather than criticize, be judgmental to others, you have to choose to love. Because love is the answer. Because love covers multitude of sin. covers all. I love this passage in First uh, Corinthians chapter 13. Love keeps no record of wrongs. Don't you love the expression? Love keeps no records of wrongs. But some people go around and keep the record of every wrong people commit, right? They're making a list, list and checking it twice. This was Joseph's speed bump when he was young. But when you look at his life, he learned a lesson. When you look at the Genesis chapter 50, when he met uh, his brothers, he could revenge them, revenge his brothers, and criticize them, but he didn't do that because he learned the lesson. And we have to learn the lesson so we can be 
we can uh, stay on the road to success. Do you know why grandparents and grandchildren are get along okay? You have a, some of you guys have grandparents, right? Someone said, because grandparents have a short criticism and grand love. So love is the answer. We had a VBS uh, a couple of weeks ago, Elijah and Eugene, and I know some of you guys helped uh, uh, VBS, and they were building a Lego. I was so surprised. How did you guys do that? <laughs> Kids did, I mean, how? They went up to the ladder or something? I mean, they were building a Lego up to almost ceiling. It took them probably hours and hours to, to build them up, right? But tear them down, was, it took like two seconds, right? <laughs> yeah. See, building each other's up, it takes time. But tearing them down, it takes seconds. I hope and pray you and I can build people each other up. You know, whenever you meet people, person, you, you're like, hey, that guy, whenever I meet him, I feel, I feel encouraged. Whenever I meet this person, I got so discouraged. You know, what kind of person you want to be? I hope and pray you can be the person who can build these people up. Not judge, judgmental, not criticize, but love them. Because love is the, the most powerful thing. Second uh, attitude that uh, God had to deal with the Joseph's life is a prideful attitude. Verse 3, now Israel loved Joseph more than any, any of his other sons, and he makes a richly ornament robe for him. I mean, you, you obviously see, not that Joseph had a problem, Joseph's father had a problem, right? But the lesson we can learn is this. Even if you receive medals, you don't have to wear them all the time. Even if you receive, you know, like colorful, richly ornamented robe, you don't have to wear it all the time. But this robe in this story, according to Hebrew scholar, this is not just a regular coat, regular robe. It was more of uh, one who received the heir. One who received main, uh, inheritance will wear this uh, robe. So no wonder his brother hated him even more. It is clear Joseph flaunted the robe in front of his brothers. It wasn't the kind of robe guy would wear to tend sheep, but he was kept wearing the robe. It is part of our fallen human nature uh, to want to exalt ourselves. We want to promote our own greatness. But the price we pay to be prideful is too high. It was a tough lesson for Joseph to learn, and it is a tough one for us to learn. There was a spiritual, scriptural principle that every follower of Jesus must learn. That is this passage right here. For whoever exalts himself will be humble, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. The way up is down, and the way down is up. That's what that means, right? And the other passage, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to humble. If you really want to be a successful person, we have to learn how to be humble before God. Do you know a guy named Hudson Taylor? Hudson Taylor, he was the 
missionary, uh, 19th century. Uh, he is a founder of China Inland Mission. He served in China for 51 years. He lost his wife and his, his children in, in China. Uh, and the other guy named William Carey is well known. Uh, he's a father of modern uh, mission. That's how we address him. I, I studied both of them, and I found commonality. Both of them were very humble servants of the Lord. When Hudson Taylor served in China, there were a couple of ladies, they were talking. You know, may, uh, I wonder if Taylor, Mr. Taylor would be tempted to be prideful. They were talking and they had a question in their minds. So they wanted to ask Taylor. So through someone close to Hudson Taylor, they asked the question, have we ever tempted to be prideful? He was so shocked. What? 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 what prideful? <laughs> because you've been doing so many things. You achieved so many stuff. So you should be prideful. He said, no, in, 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 this is what he said. I never knew I had done anything. When I heard that statement, I, 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 I meditated the statement. He said, I never knew I had done anything. Maybe he was too caught up with the relationship with Jesus Christ. You know what I'm saying? He was so caught up with Jesus. And Jesus is everything to him. So he didn't really have other thought in his mind. You know what I'm saying? He was a humble man. On the other hand, the, the William Carey, he, he was father of modern mission. He, he served uh, late 18th century and early 19th century in India. When he went to India, people didn't like him. A new guy from England, you know, oh, what can we do? So they, people, even Christian people, they gave him a hard time. And one setting, people were, I think one guy tried to embarrass him by saying, oh, when you were in England, you were a shoemaker, right, Mr. Carey? Shoemaker. You know what he said? No, no, no. I worked for shoemaker. I was shoe repairer. You know, they have a special skill. I didn't have a special skill. He was that humble. Before he died, someone, someone asked him, when you die, we want to say something. We want to choose, we want to maybe read the Bible verse from the scripture, and what, what do you ask to lead? You know, this is what he, uh, he what he said. Uh, I thought I wrote it somewhere. Yeah, yeah, this is what he says. Have mercy on me according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. That is Psalm 51.1. When David committed adultery, when the prophet Latin confronted David, you know, he, after that instant, he repented and asked God for forgiveness. This great man who accomplished great thing, he was so humble. God will exalt those people who are humble in spirit. That's the way to be successful. It's not other things. Last point. It is self-centered attitude. God had to take away, get rid of, this attitude from, from Joseph. Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. The lesson we learned, I mean, you can have a great dream. Uh, we got to have a dream, right? Aspiration, we have to dream. But you don't have to tell people. <laughs> you don't have to tell everyone. <laughs> Just keep that in your mind. 
You can share it to your close friend, right? Who can pray for you, all that. But I wonder, did God really give Joseph a dream? What do you think? Was the dream from the Lord? Oh, yeah, because, I mean, after, like, Genesis 37, right? But when he became 30, like, in Genesis chapter 50, his brother, they, you know, bowed down before him, right? When you look at his dream, he was the center of the dream. They were bowing down and sort of. And, but the second dream is kind of questionable because it didn't happen. And the, uh, I think, do I have it first here? Yeah, when he told his father as well as his brother, his father rebuked him and said, what is this dream you had? Will your mother and I, your brother, actually come and bow down to the ground before you? Mother already passed away. Mother, after he uh, got up Joseph and Benjamin, while she was delivering the Benjamin, she died, right? So this incident happened after his mother passed away. So maybe it was a dream that he just made it up. Sometimes we do that. Do you know that? We are very, uh, I don't know what's the right word, but we're like weird in a way. We believe, we somehow deceive ourselves. When you are center of yourself, you create some stories, weird stories, and totally believe their stories. Maybe Joseph was similar like that. Maybe he didn't really have that dream from the Lord but he kind of made it up. That, I mean, we, we got to figure out that when you go to heaven. <laughs> God cannot bless you if you are full of self. When we are all born, we are by nature egocentric people. As we grow older, we learn there are other people in our universe, but it is easy to maintain our selfishness. As we grow older, Older still, we learn the Bible claims there is one God who is our creator and he must sit on the throne of our personal universe, just as he rules over the actual universe. Becoming a child of God involves replacing self with God at the center of your personal universe. Very important. He has to be the center of your life. What's the lesson we learn from this context? You may have great dreams, but you don't have to share them or to everyone. But we, we got to learn the attitude, not negative attitude, but possibly from Jesus Christ. This is the passage Paul described about Jesus. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to interests of others. That's the way to live. Live like Jesus Christ. See, not only to your own interest, but also to the interest of others. That's the way to live like Jesus Christ. D.L. Moody once said, God sent no one away empty except those who are full of themselves. God wants to bless us. God wants us to be successful. God wants us to live a successful life. But if, when we are full with ourselves, God cannot. Because our hands, too many stuff in our hands. Our hand needs to be empty so he can pour out his blessing. When Mother Teresa was passing through a crowd in Detroit, a woman remarked it. Her secret is that she is free to be nothing. Oh, that expression, that hit me. Her secret is that she is free to be nothing. Therefore, God can use her for anything. 
I was, I, my mind was blown away. She is free to be nothing. But that's the kind of level, kind of, you know, I, I would say degree that God wants us to be there. You will be totally free when you choose to be, you know, free to be nothing. Let me conclude the message today. What road are you on right now? Let me ask a question. There is a road that seems right to man, but it leads to destruction. That's what Proverbs says. It is the wide road, popular road, and, and, and the easy road. But Jesus said there is a narrow gate and narrow road that leads to real life. The only few people are on it. Joseph got on the right road. Are you going are you on God's road to success? Once you get on it, don't think it's going to be a smooth ride. You may encounter some unwanted speed bumps. God is trying to teach us some important lessons. Are you judgmental? Do you have the spirit, critical spirit? You may see the faults of others, but you don't have to declare them. Are you prideful? You may be given medals, but you don't have to wear them. Wear them. Are you self-centered? You may have great dreams, but you don't have to share them. I want to actually uh, end my message with a story. Uh, I love stories, and, and uh, this story really taught me a lot of things. Once upon a time, there was a very unhappy princess. She was unhappy all the time because she was not beautiful. As she constantly looked at herself in a mirror, she worried and despaired because she was very plain looking and there was nothing anyone could do to change her appearance. Nobody told her she was not beautiful, but she knew they were just being polite. She knew in her heart, they whispered behind her back that she was ugly. This made her become sensitive and distrustful of others. And because she was unhappy, all the people around her were unhappy. Unhappy too. One day, a kind old aunt, Imo, visited the princess. She gave princess three magic secrets to make her beautiful. You want to know that, right? You want to hear that, right? Yeah, I'm about to tell you. The, this, the princess took her aunt's advice to heart and began to practice the, the three beauty tips. Soon, she forgot about her unhappiness and started, uh, started gaining rave reviews throughout the kingdom that she was princess of incompatible beauty. Her reputation spread to other kingdoms. As she grew older, her beauty only seemed to grow. Many young girls would eagerly seek her out to ask her the secret of enduring beauty. The princess was happy to share her aunt's three timeless beauty tips. Number one, smile at everyone you meet. Not face massage or you know, not those kind of stuff, okay? Number two, look for all the beauty you can find in others. Number three, stay, say something kind to everyone. When the princess stopped being so self-centered, obsessed with her own appearance, her life changed. I love the story. 
It reminds him of Jesus Christ. He was so other-centered. He didn't really think about himself. He was so other-centered. He was full of love. He was so humble. He served others. That's the way to live. That's what we call, hey, being successful. Let's pray. As we pray, I want to ask this question uh, to all of us. Is God pointing out some speed bumps in your life? Attitudes that you need to change? If he does, uh, I want you to respond to him. Maybe you're being too judgmental. If that is you, maybe we need to ask God to pour out his love, spirit of love upon us. God hate pride. But he exalts the, the person with humility. Once you ask, Lord, Lord, I want to be true servant, the, the humble servant. Are you self-centered? With that attitude, God cannot pour his blessing upon us. When we empty ourselves, start to serve others, he's going to pour his spirit upon us and blessing upon us. Let's spend a few minutes in prayer. Simply ask Lord to touch our hearts and change the, the attitude that needs to be changed. Let's spend a few minutes in prayer. <laughs>